0: The time was 1967, the summer of love, and after a brief hiatus the Beatles came back with an album that rocked the world. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band lacked the hits of the other albums from the Fab Four, but it topped the charts in the US and UK for the entire summer. Thirteen strange, finely tuned songs changed the game for pop music and brought the mustache back in one fell swoop. It's an eclectic but somehow seamlessly interwoven album that is still impossible not to sing along to. You may wish we hadn't, but we did. Because we were drinking Brandy Alexander's, John Lennon's favorite drink. So pour yourself some brandy, cream, and creme de cacao. It's time for episode 23 of Toasting the Classics, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Toasting the Classics, episode 23.
0: 2 3, the big 2 3.
1: The big 2 3. I am Clint Lanier, Dave MacArthur, and today we are. We are going to be examining we're revisiting
0: uh, the summer of love
1: revisiting the summer of love 1967 that's right I'm on Haight ashbury right now uh-huh. and uh we are we are going to be talking about
0: sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band that's the right the beatles album the beatles eighth studio album from the fab four album. after they were tired of being fab and wanted to be hippies
1: that's so. right after they retired from the road
0: retired from the road yeah but right. they also had a, a big image shift Yes. Which started, I think, a little bit with Revolver, the previous album, yep. but just took right. off with this one. So, And they had a big break. Yeah. There's sort of like an intermission in their album career. They worked
1: time. nonstop. I yeah. mean, they were one of the hardest. I don't care what you say about James Brown. They were the hardest-working band in the world, I it mean, sounded
0: like this was a this was a hard job. I yeah. mean, well, I don't know if it was a hard. It sounded like everybody was having a good time. Did you say it was just, a hard day's
1: night? Heyo. Yeah. Sorry. But it. Uh,
0: but it get was a lot of work. Get used to that. There's gonna be a lot of those. Are there gonna be a lot of heyos? Yeah. All right. <laughs>
1: a lot of I'll a lot of bad to. puns. All right, I'll get used um, to it. So uh, yeah, 1967, they release, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It got gotcha. you. I know it did. I was it doing the outro last time I yeah. recorded it
0: four times before <laughs> I got through it without flubbing.
1: And it it just dropped like, you know, some atomic bomb in the music industry. Apparently, yeah. And uh, and especially in rock and roll, people had never heard anything like it before. Mm -hmm. Um, They got close. Uh, I mean, the Beatles say even uh, Paul McCartney— So Revolver
0: shows a change. There's a change, change, but this is is dramatic. No, this is a shift for them. This is totally different. It's a big difference, yeah. Um, Musically and aesthetically and just everything. In 1966,
1: a year earlier— the of all people, because I, I went kind of deep with this, the mm-hmm. Beach Boys, right? Of all bands, released Pet Sounds, right? right. Uh, Brian Wilson's,
0: which I want to go like, back. Supposedly, it's a huge influence on this record. It was a huge influence. So I, I want to go yeah. back and listen to it again with that right. in mind, because I was like, I didn't, I, I don't hear I, I it. I don't catch that. Yeah, I've listened. That's a good album. I, it is. I have to go back and I don't know it well, like he used, I know this. He I used mean,
1: this a is. lot. I mean, he used a lot. It was the recording. I mean, it was a production, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, for the Beach Boys, and prior to this, for the Beatles, mm-hmm. everything could be performed. Right. You could not perform this album.
0: Well, they were they were already having trouble with some of the tracks on Revolver. Revolver. Uh-huh. They, they, when they did their last tour, they were just like, they didn't attempt yeah. to perform anything from Revolver. It was all the old stuff, yeah. Because some of it you would be able to do, Some, of, but there's a lot of, I'm trying to think which songs on that album, and I actually went back and listened to it to sort of yeah. remind myself of it. But there's some stuff with some experimental backing and some production Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You could play Taxman. You could just Mm -hmm. get up there and and play your guitar. Is Paperback Rider
1: on that? Uh,
0: That sounds right. That sounds right. So,
1: yeah. But this one was just, and I think they heard, I mean, Brian Wilson just said, we're not going to worry about performing this stuff. Right. And uh, it was all huge production. And Pet
0: Sounds had been inspired by one of the Beatles albums. And now I'm forgetting which one. I think it's actually uh, Rubber Soul.
1: Yes, Rubber Soul yeah, was Rubber, apparently Rubber, the Rubber which is Soul. one of my favorites
0: yeah. of their early stuff. I used Rubber to listen Soul, to that one over and then and
1: over again. uh Phil Spector's production. Okay. Um what Phil Spector did, the wall of sound type of thing that that he pioneered in right. this huge, you know, all the production that goes in behind. So it's not just yeah. it's yeah, not yeah. just, you know, background music and
0: mm-hmm. backup
1: vocals and the lead vocals and stuff like that. It's all this other stuff that goes on. There's right? all kinds of manipulating stuff manipulating yeah. everything about it, right? And uh, and so Wilson got into that and um made and did pet sounds based on that and some other stuff so mccartney i think from what i read heard pet sounds and was like a concept album uh-huh. that's a cool idea it, and, and, and so I, is and, Pet and, and
0: sounds a con- okay so that's that's what i'm not remembering i just see, remember it being well it,
1: music. it was it was it was an it was an album where you just i mean it was experimental a bit avant-garde Right. Um, in that you you know, it was I art. I totally need to go back and listen yeah, to it. Was, with this it was it was it was art in that it totally. wasn't meant to be played live, you know? And what band, think about this, nineteen sixty six, what band didn't want to play live? I mean that was you played live. In fact, you came out with singles and really just did your singles all the time, you know?
0: I don't know what the state of the music industry is today. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's even weirder because like the last time I was really sort of aware of the music industry is getting to be a few years yeah. back now, like when indie rock was big. Uh-huh. And already by that time, live music had taken over as like where a band's money came from right. because there was so little money coming in, from, and that's in yeah. like iTunes and stuff sure. like that. And I'm sure it's even a, a fraction of I, that I think it's Spotify like that. I think it's like, like that
1: today, but the difference is the bands have the capability of playing whatever they do in, in you know, whatever that... Yeah, it's true. There's whatever, a lot more equipment. Yeah, yeah whatever so audio they, were ta- they cut. They were, they were
0: like, I think they were talking about Paul McCartney was like experimenting with having a mo like to, to do some electronic stuff, but it was right. like you couldn't have brought it on stage. No, no, not at and all. And then I read this whole, I don't know where I got this book, but I got this whole history of prog rock that ah. I read about a year ago. Oh, boy. And it was just like coming into being just after this, essentially, right. like right around that time with like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. And this stuff was, you know, you'd have to go into a studio and use this huge thing. It was right. kind of like what we think of with the Whopper computer from War Games and stuff <laughs> like that. That's what you were playing music on for right. electronic stuff. Into the 70s, sure. I think. I don't think anybody could do live stuff until well into the 70s. Right. After the Beatles are broken up already. Like, flash
1: forward to, God, what was it? It must have been, like, 2000, like, 2001 or something like that. And I saw Moby in concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah okay. One guy and a keyboard. Sure. And that's it. You know? Right. Nine Inch Nails is the same thing. Trent Reznor, it's, you know, him and a yeah. and all these Key, you know keyboards and well he and broke up with his whole
0: band and never even cared yeah. they just went they off again. and went and became filter yeah <laughs> and he <laughs> could have cared else. less yeah he, well
1: you know? he, he broke up with the members kept the right. the name and everything he kept else. the name
0: kept everything i heard an interview one time with them they're getting a little off track but yeah. at least it's music um i heard an interview with with filter one time uh-huh. and the guy was like so how do you feel having left probably the most influential band of the or of the 21st century and uh-huh. he was like I didn't really want to be in, like, the Trent Reznor show, like, all <laughs> right. the time. We wanted to have our own band. Sure. So I don't really think about I it I can all, see that. You know? That I makes think, sense. I think, I think,
1: I think Lennon, people were Lennon kind of— Lennon kind of felt the same I way think about it, McCartney. It sounded like, actually,
0: <laughs> Lennon was okay with it. It sounded For like George Harrison it. and Ringo were complaining about it being the Paul show in this production. Yeah. I think as it went on, right. yes, there's more friction between Lennon and McCartney, but— for this one, it sounded from all the reports sounded like Lennon was having a good time. Well, he did, and was he, making you know, artistic contributions yeah. and stuff like that. Well, um, and
1: they, and they all did. I mean, Harrison, he you know he did that old whole Indian uh, satir right, right sound and 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 stuff and and Starr, you know, had a lot of input on on you know the beats, tempos, drums, stuff like that. When I was
0: growing up, my dad would give me Beatles albums, and he'd yeah. be like, "Just skip the sitar dish." <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> My friends and I would be like, "Ah, oh, it's the sitar dish." With it, with without you, you didn't.
1: Yeah. you weren't jamming out. to Was that the name of the song? Within or without within you? There's one on. There's one on revolver. You.
0: There's one on revolver. Yeah. That's heavy sitar, and then um, I'm not sure what else there is. But but just reading about. So speaking of like I said about prog rock, reading about what they're talking about with mm-hmm. doing the sitar music and all the different things and like that, mm-hmm. it makes the Beatles sound so much more virtuosic than I ever was aware of. Yeah. Like as a kid, you can listen to this band as like, to this album rather, as, you know, how many songs? Like as 12, 11, 13, like just songs. Yeah. You just listen to them. Right. But there's all this stuff going on that sounds like the stuff that prog rock people are doing. Right. But because they're the Beatles, they still made sure you could listen to it. Yeah. You know, you could still tap your foot to it and sing well, along. Well, that was a question like, I was,
1: I was wondering, like, could they have done that if they weren't the Beatles?
0: They could have never gotten away with producing this album. I think um, those are like four or been. They or would have been like that a prog rock band. It, yeah. But it's a it's it's it this doesn't have any bangers like most Beatles albums yeah. do, right? Because they cut Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields Forever. Those are probably the ones that would be the singles. Right. Except Well, one of my favorites is A Day in the Life. Mm-hmm. But that's not something you okay. play on the radio. Everybody's favorite. Obviously. Yeah, I mean that's a terrific yeah. song, but it's not radio friendly. Uh none of these really with a little help from my friends almost. Yeah. Yeah, but none of these Bangers. are none of these are like when I, Beatles. When, I, when, I'm, when I'm sixty-four,
1: hits. with like an oboe lead. Yeah, when I'm sixty-four,
0: <laughs> how much money would Paul McCartney pay today to be sixty-four? To be sixty-four, again? I know. <laughs> you know he's I
1: thinking when I'm eighty-four, right? No, yeah, he's he's good. looking back to the good old days of being <laughs> right. sixty-four, right?
0: But I heard an interview with him recently. He's still sharp. Oh yeah, just, just totally with it, like just talking about yeah. the old days and musicians
1: usually are. There is yeah, a, well, they're a, usually bright guys. There's right? a great yeah. great documentary um, about Glenn Campbell of all people.
0: Glenn, Glenn Campbell's from the Eagles? No, that's no, Glenn Fry. Yeah, Who's Glenn no, Campbell? He was oh, like a country. Story. He, he did uh, okay, he did uh, yeah.
1: Rhinestone Cowboy was one of his big okay. hits and like seventies, eighties, sixties, I think. And uh he he had dementia and uh, Oh really? And he went real fast, and I think it's called It's I'm Still Me or It's Still Me or something like that. Yeah and it's and it was kind of like behind the scenes of his decline. And what was weird about it was he he was completely you know, declining I mean really losing his, his memory and mm-hmm. and everything um but he could remember every single note and he could pick the guitar like he was 20 years old yeah he could get up on stage and do it he couldn't remember the words to his own songs oh wow but he could remember the music
0: yeah it's probably the cerebellum muscle yeah, memory they, is the they, last uh, stuff they to did like an and
1: MRI on them stuff and yeah. and and they could see like that part of the brain was like much more developed it was still like right. really reactive uh-huh. It was firing, you know, and they did a lot of tests and stuff. And a lot of the other places were just dead, you yeah. know, which yeah. is, it's really tragic. It's If you ever, disease, um,
0: it's, this is, I don't want to, this is gloomy stuff to talk about, but <laughs> if you ever watch somebody's mind go, uh-huh. it just changes your perspective on what we are. Yeah, it does. You know, you just Quite realize somebody can be alive and just not be them. You well, know, my, like, my
1: point is that, you know, a musician like Paul McCartney, who's, who's, I mean, the guy, what song was it that he came up with in the middle of the night and it, became this this huge hit what uh,
0: you're talking about paul mccartney on it, this album no it was it
1: was another beatles album i can't remember which album it was oh. on. um
0: i feel like he sort of came up with yesterday hey no altogether. yesterday oh yesterday okay. yesterday
1: and he, and, and he came up with the, with the tune and it was something like runny eggs like the, he would sing <laughs> that to himself over and over so he could remember the tune and he oh, got on yeah. the piano i've actually done that i've done that before and so he got the tune and that was like middle of the night and then he just kept working on it and he hammered out yesterday which is one right. of the most famous songs of all time yeah it's right? a really good song yeah and yeah. uh so i mean this guy did you
0: see that movie by the way no yesterday no it's fun it's a fun movie is it it's weird it's a weird concept it's one of those things where you're like you're like why didn't somebody think of that before right that's a really simple conceit for a movie yeah and that's a really good idea and it's executed at like a pretty well a stable level you know i think i a the, guy the stars Enjoyable. It. yeah the I guy know. in it's pretty good i'm trying to think what else i know him from but he's in a bunch of stuff yeah. um but it was good i liked yeah. it it was fun
1: But um, but you know I mean uh, that's what musicians do they just live it and breathe it and they dream it and they Mm -hmm. you know they live with it all the time. Although I remember I I watched Willie Nelson um, really like like two years ago on stage, and I can't remember what song he was doing, but he's kind of in the middle of it, and he's doing the same thing. He's playing the guitar, and he's like, forgot the words. I can't remember the words, my damn song. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody just laughed and sure, you know, and, and and cheered, you know, and then he just went on to another song, you know. But a guy like that, again, he's had a sixty-year career. I
0: mean, he's know? smoked so much pot. <laughs> if if pot does any damage to your brain, right. Willie Nelson's had that damage. Are we at the time where we should probably pop a drink?
1: We're yeah, we're kind of in between
0: the, the time. Okay, yeah. well, we can wait.
1: We can wait. No, no, no. Time. Let's let's do that now. All
0: right. Um, we, what, so are we do- what are we doing?
1: So we are doing John Lennon's favorite drink.
0: John Lennon's favorite drink. That's All right.
1: right. Um, which is a Brandy Alexander.
0: A Brandy Alexander, okay, yeah. and uh, what is in a Brandy Alexander? So
1: Brandy Alexander is equal one part uh, brandy. Okay, it's supposed to be cognac, but and I love you, but I don't love you enough for cognac. I
0: have some cognac. I could have brought cognac for you. Um,
1: oh, this has ice in it. I'm sorry.
0: What do you mean? You're not willing to spend the money on the cognac for me, or you mean it would be romantic to drink it together? What's it, what's your concern? It'd be a bit,
1: a bit of both. Bit so of I got both. two okay. two drinks each, but um. All right. And Two then uh, okay.
0: I'll, I'll pace myself accordingly.
1: One part creme de cacao.
0: Creme de cacao.
1: Which is dark chocolate liqueur. Obrigado. And then uh, one part cream. So
0: there we go. I say that again. That was interesting. So, so one part
1: cream, one okay. part creme de cacao, uh-huh. and one part brandy.
0: Oh, so you add cream mm-hmm. along. Okay, got yeah, it. Yep. And what is in creme de cacao? Uh,
1: it's a liqueur. Well, it's either, you could either do a liqueur or a kind of like a chocolate syrup. Huh, Either one. Okay. I think traditionally Does it's... Does that a, go
0: into a white Russian? Yes, I believe so. Okay, so similar... Tra- or, is it a,
1: or is it Kahlua that goes into a white Russian? might be Kalua. Yeah, I think That'd so. But you've got well, Kahlua's coffee. You've got um, Irish whiskey, which is chocolate, whiskey, and cream. Okay. Cream to cacao is just a liqueur and with chocolate, I believe. So, okay. Cheers. All right, cheers. That's so, what you think.
0: Irish whiskey mean Bailey's. Yeah, or something, Yeah. yeah. Mm, smells good. Smells like a white Russian, kind mm. of. This is not what I thought a brandy Alexander was at all, but this is a quite tasty drink. I yeah, highly recommend um, this.
1: John Lennon was introduced to him and said they taste like milkshakes to him. They so do taste the, like a milkshake. <laughs> he would drink the hell out of them.
0: Tastes like a grown-up milkshake. It does taste like a grown-up like up the $5 milkshake from Pulp Fiction. Um, they don't put no
1: bourbon in that? <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they could get pretty addictive, huh?
0: Yeah, I could see why the dude... You know, like something with this kind of palette to it?
1: What's interesting is they, uh, it actually was just called an Alexander. Uh-huh. Uh, it was made with gin versus brandy once upon that a time. That
0: sounds gross. It does. Yeah. It does. It sounds like a very um, gross mixture with what we're I can't
1: here. nail down an origin story. Closest I've come is there was a bartender in, I believe, New York City. Okay. Alexander something, rather. And he was asked to be the bartender or come up with a drink for a party for a railroad. Okay. The okay. railroad, this is like in the early 1900s, and the railroad had just done this huge advertising campaign with a fictional advertising maven okay. you know, uh, on, that they, they featured, and her name was Phoebe Snow. Okay. Okay. Because in, in early you know, 20th century railroad, late 19th century ra- railroad, um, what did they use for fuel mainly?
0: Uh, coal. Right.
1: Have you ever seen, have you ever ridden Thank on a God,
0: coal? I got that right. That seemed like a really obvious question. Have you ever like, ridden
1: on a coal train before?
0: I didn't do the one up in Durango. Okay. That's the one that, that's the one that, I'm thinking that's, of. I, that's yes, coal, I yeah. have been on a coal train. Okay. There was a museum of trains mm-hmm. in the little town where my grandparents lived. Okay. And we went one time and we rode the little train around. What do you
1: remember about the exhaust from that train?
0: It was bad as a yeah terrible i yeah. don't think they were burning coal the this one up place. In i think they used <laughs> wood actually. the one up in
1: durango uses coal okay and it gets over all over everything they have open windows in this uh, train yeah. and it just gets all over you so that was the big problem was train travel was filthy even mm-hmm. if you had closed windows and closed cabs it was still pretty gross huh. this this railroad started using anthracite and it wouldn't it wouldn't give off that same soot.
0: Anthracite is the, like, highest grade of coal. Right. Like anthracite, that. lignite, and something else. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, and so the campaign was Phoebe Snow would get off the train still so light, ah, right? I see. So he was supposed to come up with a light-colored drink that would uh, resemble. Now, this is not very light-colored. Would you agree? This is like a tan mm, something like this that? This is a,
0: yeah. What you'd so, expect from but this but
1: kind of I'm wondering if the gin, maybe, rather than the brandy would.
0: I was going to say make make I, it the brandy would make have it to impart white, a certain brownish right? yeah. to it.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's that's
0: especially equal parts brandy. It's not like it's a splash of brandy, right? So it's actually giving it some color. Now I don't what know sort that, of, what sort of brandy did you use?
1: Uh, I use Mexican brandy, Mexican El Presidente, brandy. Yeah. Uh, which is actually really good brandy.
0: Brandy. eres una pina chica.
1: <laughs> good stuff, man. My uh, father-in-law drinks it. It's good enough for. And him. What is it called? Uh, El Presidente.
0: Presidente. Yeah. Okay. But
1: anyway. anyway, so that's our drink, cool. John Lennon. That's cool. to you, and uh, he probably. I don't know if he was drinking these or if he was dropping something else or maybe he was dropping something in his drinks. Oh, there was a drinks. lot of
0: drugs going on yeah. during the, during yeah. the, uh, composition of this album. I don't think it was like getting in the way mm-hmm. of like their work, but it sounded like there was a lot of, I mean, they were doing long studio hours. Yeah. So I don't think they were doing, let's say heroin. They were doing <laughs> something that was keeping them going right, right. day in and day out. Yeah. Cause the process of making the album and I mean, it just went on and on and on, yeah. like to the point where everybody was like, oh, the Beatles used to be so prolific, right? Because they would put on the liner notes for some of their early albums. I remember reading, it's on, I don't know, with the Beatles or something. It's one of the early ones. Mm. And it said, John and Paul have already written enough music to release albums every six months for the next 12 years. Mm-hmm. And it was like something that bragged about, like how right. much they wrote. And so people were like, oh, they finally run out of gas. Yeah. And there was a quote from Paul McCartney saying, like, just wait, wait till you see this. Because they were putting in, they were putting in so much work on this album. Yeah, they were sure like 14 track. hours a
1: day for weeks at a time.
0: And I think it's kind of like, do you remember how long Guns N' Roses were talking about releasing Chinese Democracy? Yeah. It was, yeah forever. like, I think User Illusion is like 92, 93, mm-hmm. and they were talking about another album. And it took, like, 20 years, and it was not any good when it finally came out. (laughs) Right, yeah. You know, I think people thought that's what was happening. The Beatles were just done. You know, they couldn't work together anymore, and it just was totally not true. Because the next couple of albums after this are just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you've got – this one's really good. You've got the White Album. You've got – Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Mm -hmm. You've got um, Let It Be. There's Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of good stuff, and that's only three years until they broke up. Right. Because this is 67 May of 67, and they were broken up by mid-70, right? yeah. So, in three years, they put out another four albums, all of them. I I think there's another one Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah, Magical Mystery Tour. So, there's a whole bunch of stuff that came out after that.
1: Plus, plus they did uh, Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine? No, Yellow
0: Submarine is actually on Revolver, the song. Oh, okay. There's the film Yellow Submarine. But they
1: did four songs for that film, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, And Um, apparently, that was I don't know if it was Yellow Submarine, but Paul was working in movies. During the hiatus they had yeah. between the making like scoring, of this album and Revolver. Them, yeah, he was like doing scores yeah. and stuff. So, because he, he was just not stopping working.
1: Well, no, I know the movie think. had like Nowhere Man, Yellow Submarine.
0: Okay. I've never seen it. I've never seen Yellow Submarine. I saw Help, and I really liked Come Help. Together?
1: Isn't it, is not that song? Is, that, is it? Because yeah, that's,
0: that, that's on Let It Be.
1: That's, a that's, much, in, that, that's in that movie, I think. Huh.
0: Oh, no, um, that's not on Let It Be. That's on Abbey Road.
1: Um, and then I can't remember what the fourth one was, but there's like four of them that they wrote for the movie. In any case, um,
0: the track listings used to be completely different for Britain, mm. for England and the United States. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad showing me, because I got them on CD, mm. and he'd look at them and he'd be like, well, this is all. And it took him a little bit to realize the CDs were the British track listings. Right. So the ones that he knew from growing up were the Americans, mm-hmm. and it was just completely different. Like, yeah. And this was the first album where there was no change. Yeah, no change at this all. This one, the British right. and the American version were exactly the this same. This
1: stayed, this stayed number one in the British pop charts for 27 weeks. Okay. Number one in the how American- How does that
0: compare? I was wondering, I saw, I saw the statistics and I wasn't sure what the, how that compares to well, other-
1: uh, I don't know, number one in America for 15 weeks. Okay. Um, the top billboard hits. Right. So, I mean, it had to stay in power, that's for sure. Yeah. And what was funny is the singles, the highest the singles got, I th- think were like number four, or number two, or something like that's that. That's what I mean about this album. You know, and this then, is not
0: a big single and, album. Yeah. Um, Except Penny Lane and Strawberry well, Fields. W-
1: well, those are the only two that were released. Those were released right. as singles. Right, And then they were cut from this original, mm-hmm. the original album. Yeah. Uh, my my version has all of them. And it included both of those. Oh, really? But, um, Where'd you get your version? Well, it's a remix. It's like like two th- uh, 2017 mm. remastered. Okay, um, I've
0: got the CD that I bought. I went through a big Beatles phase uh-huh. in high school, and I just bought them all, all the ones. Except that, so it says this is the eighth album. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I couldn't get there. I was like trying to count it up. And when I looked at the listing of things they're counting for the studio albums, it's stuff that you don't. You don't think of? I mean, it's like I didn't like. I, I don't like Beatles for Sale all that much. Yeah, with the Beatles, but there were a couple other ones. It was like Beatles Number Five, it was I like an that. album of theirs, and so there was a bunch of stuff that I didn't think of as being like canonical Beatles albums that they're counting. So they must get to like I don't know, thirteen or fourteen albums by that counting. So I'm Studio? looking at the um
1: at the album cover, very very famous album cover. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you've got. The Beatles dress as an Edwardian mm-hmm. uh, band,
0: which is so. Dago I'm thinking that means King Edward, Edwar- but which one? Edward uh, the Seventh? Edward the What's what's I Edwardian? Ha- <laughs> I was having trouble <laughs> no, with that. I was I trying to figure that out because mm-hmm. it would have been right before Elizabeth mm-hmm. was Edward VIII, the Eighth, mm-hmm. the one who abdicated. Yeah. Then there's George during World War II. It must be beti- between the world wars, I think, is what they're talking about. I guess so. That's it's something
1: fine. that it's something that they're that they are. It's Edward VII. It's something anyway. they're sat- satirizing. So it's something that would right. be within It would have
0: to be something within their lifetime. Right, so are exactly. not like talking about Edward I longshanks that conquered the right. conqueror. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah.
1: And so it looks like you would think that that like today we would say it was photoshopped, right? Because there's right. all these other characters around them. Those are actually cardboard cutouts. Yeah. So this is all posed.
0: So this is actually a photograph. This is a actually album. a photograph. That's yeah,
1: funny. Um, so it's all posed. Now you notice that the beetles are standing next to him right here and looking all kind of weird. Uh huh. Like yeah. The old They're mod, creepy. The old mod squad. Yeah. Those are from Madame Tussauds. Those are their yeah. wax, yeah, the yeah. wax beetles.
0: It shows. Um, you you've got.
1: See let's see. What else? We
0: it looks like got. older versions of them there.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. You've got Karl Marx. <laughs> you've got. W.C. Fields, Marilyn Monroe. Um, Sonny Liston. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who I wouldn't have recognized. I read a list of some of the people. I was like, that's a boxer. I know that. Yeah,
1: Sonny Liston. That's right. Who's mi- Oh, they have Ed- Edgar Allan Poe at the very top there. And you know who's missing from here?
0: Uh, no. Elvis. Oh, yeah, right. They said they didn't need him there. He was too important. Yeah, Elvis, yeah.
1: Elvis was elevated. He was, he was too far above everybody, which is really funny because if you ever read the account of when they actually meet Elvis— he was kind of a complete jerk.
0: Oh, was to he? Him. Yeah, yeah, it was a complete oh, TV. Like,
1: like they're like sitting there, they're, and they're like, oh, my God, we're in Elvis' house. And
0: See, to me, I see Bob Dylan here. Yeah, Bob Dylan's And I'm in like, there. you're telling me Elvis is above Bob Dylan? That's what they thought. I mean, at that time, that's probably true. Well, but that's now, where, in I hindsight, mean, I mean, Bob they, Dylan's. You know,
1: they, 1956 is when all of them I see Oscar got into Wilde there. It. So, they, like I said, they all got into it, 1956. Now, you know what? One, one thing that depresses me about What's this? What's that? Paul McCartney was 27 years old when he put that out. Brian Wilson, the year before, was 25 years old. Right. What were you doing at 25 and 27? Because I was a complete idiot. I, I had, <laughs> I had, I had very few plans. What
0: year? What year was I? 25. Uh, It'd have been t- 2002, 2003. 2002. I remodeled my dad's basement. Sweet. Because he lived What's that?
1: Because you were living there? No. Oh. No, no, no. no.
0: Oh. I wasn't living Raby. there. I was at my, I lived, lived in my mom's house. <laughs> okay. But um, I, I um. I remodeled my dad's basement with my buddies, and we had a, a ton of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. That was like what we did that summer that I moved to Austin, Texas with a girl and mm-hmm. came back like two months later because that wasn't working. But before <laughs> I came right. back, I did this road trip all across the western United States. Mm-hmm. Then I went to law school, like, when I got back. So it was a pretty good year, actually.
1: But what I'm saying is you didn't produce no, a, a world-changing no. album at 25 no, years old. But now.
0: I'm still alive. That's a good point. I lived, I lived, but oh, how... how he must have been not quite 40. Hmm? Right? Who? When Lennon died? Oh, you're talking about McCartney. Yeah. McCartney's good. He's still alive.
1: He kept yeah, 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 absolutely. He's had a no, great life. No, I mean life. what all I'm saying is that, you know, He's you, look one of the at, few you, you look at some people. of these like you look at some of these guys that are just over the top brilliant, yeah, right? I think so. And and they and they I don't know if they peaked, but they certainly made an, imp- so. made an impact at such an at early such age. A young age. You yeah. I Buddy mean, Holly was like 17, wasn't he? something like that or 18. I don't know if he was
0: that. I know Richie Valens was young. Yeah, Richie Valens. I think,
1: I think, uh, I think in 56 Elvis's, I think Elvis was like 18 or 19 in 56 Mm -hmm. when when he recorded uh, Hound Dog. Um, Well, that's,
0: I think, so there's a conversation out there a lot of people like to have. What do you like better, Rolling Stones or Beatles? And I have always just liked the Beatles better. Mm -hmm. I like the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's an either or thing, by the way. I do like the Rolling Stones, Mm -hmm. but the the Beatles are just so raw and mm. untutored and yeah. i think it's the opposite perception of the two bands i think most right. people would think cuz the rolling stones are kind of like proto punk rock right the way yeah. they act and stuff like that sure whereas i think they were like almost like a boy band yeah they were like guys who actually had training in music and were yeah. brought together you know cuz somebody thought they'd make a good band right whereas the beatles were like you're saying i mean paul mccartney like sprang sprung forth like fully formed yeah. as like i really like a musical genius right. in this kind of way mm-hmm. um, well
1: they're playing was it dresden where was it where they playing? all over Hamburg or, ha- yeah, or lots something of places like that in germany i think you know, i think when they're like 16 or 17 I and think they, they were, were super pl- young yeah they were playing you know like 12 hour days just mm-hmm. jamming tw- yep. for 12 hours at a time they were hard strip strip yeah. bars oh is you know, that right in germany yeah of all places and uh, then came okay. back to Liverpool.
0: If you had a time machine. God,
1: man. Can you imagine? Go back
0: and see the Beatles in like 61 right. somewhere in Germany. Well, there,
1: there's a – did you ever read that book uh, by Malcolm Gladwell? It's, uh, called, the, uh, it's called Outliers? Uh-huh. uh
0: okay. Yeah, the one where you need 10,000 10, hours of – Well, yeah. that's what he He attributes. talks about Yeah, that. he talks about exactly. the Beatles and like yeah. they
1: had 10,000 hours of, of concert – of playing live Yeah. By the, before they had their first album.
0: And they knew what worked. Yeah, but they, I yeah. also think just McCartney, and I think it's McCartney mm-hmm. a lot. Of, again, another conversation you can have with people: Who's your favorite Beatle? Mm-hmm. I think most people go around wearing T-shirts of John Lennon because John mm-hmm. Lennon's got this persona, persona yeah. to him, you know. But showing the body of work after they left the Beatles, yeah, and it's like you talk about Wings or something, well, and it sounds dorky to say Wings was good, but you listen to those songs, and that's carrying through from the Beatles. Yeah. The way he creates the music, and something like Band on the Run. Which has four different pop hits in the course of the song as he right. transitions, but he's just like, just, just dumps out another amazing yeah. melody that he came up with. You could hear it's Paul. It's definitely well, Paul. That's the, the soul of what made the band
1: two thing, two things as kind good of, as they were. Two know? things make your argument really difficult okay. to, to prove. One is called— I mean, it's
0: unprovable, but
1: yeah. One is is called assassination (laughs) or the murder. True, but But it's, you know, 10 years. Most
0: of of McCartney's great work is in the 70s. The other one is Yoko Ono, who Uh
1: I think was a complete just anchor around his neck. Yeah. You know, there's a a great (laughs) clip you should go out and watch on YouTube when when John Lennon meets Chuck Berry for the first time. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And it's like a show. It was like a variety show or something. And, and uh, he's there. He's with Yoko Ono. So I can't remember when in the 70s. But right. Chuck Berry is, was one of his heroes, you know, guitar player. He would have uh, to have every, been, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he idolized Little Richard. He idolized all those guys in the 50s, and including Chuck Berry. And so he gets to jam out with them for the first time. So they're like, I do want to jam out. <laughs> like, you got it, man. And so they're up there on stage, and they're, and they're jamming out. <laughs> and then Yoko Ono finds her way. To a microphone, Oh, and she's it's like, a terrible. Singer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> if you so, and, but there's
1: th- hold on. There's a look that Chuck Berry gives. He like looks over his shoulder. And he's like, "What? The? <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah." And then, then they jam again, and she tries pulling that again, and they cut her mic. So oh, she, yeah. you see she's, her in the background she's
0: going, "She's awful. She's a terrible singer." <laughs> if you it, on the White uh, Album, there's a song "Bungalow Bill," uh-huh. and the Beatles used to record their stuff in uh, stereo. You know, like mm-hmm. you, so you could turn off one track. Yeah. It's hard, you can't do it on CDs, but if you figure out a way to turn off like one of the speakers, mm, sure. you can hear Yoko Ono singing backups on Bungalow Ugh. Bill just by herself because she's the only one on the right speaker. Or I don't know which one, but and it's just like, oh, she's terrible. You know, In case of accident, it's like, oh my God, like stop. Yeah. You, and I don't know how she got herself into <sighs> she, the She single
1: handedly wrecked. You know, uh, there's the Beatles, a, I mean, John Lennon. There is like, a, there yeah. is
0: a long, uh, yeah. um, you know, feeling a lot of people have been saying that for years and years. I, I don't know enough about the relationship between everybody. Did you know that uh, Paul was a big uh, Naughty by Nature fan? No, I didn't. Way before, some, some sort of time travel. If you look at his coat here, <laughs> if you look at his coat here in the liner notes, okay. when he's got this Edwardian uh, military coat on, where's one where he's facing towards me? Uh, Everybody's it says, smiling. On this patch, OPP. <laughs> See that? Which is, is scandalous. Do, do, to you put what, into the, do you know what that stands I for? I do actually okay. know what it stands for. So what for, does it stand for? It stands for the Ontario Provincial Police. <laughs> there you go. You're ruining it.
1: That was a terrible, well, because yeah. it was terrible. <laughs> that, was one, that was so much so worse than anything I've. 20 I've years
0: or ahead of time, 25 years ahead of time, he was already down. The
1: OPP, so. <laughs> God. Well, he was anyway, but
0: I think. Either that or Naughty by Nature was actually doing a Blue Lives Matter song. For the Canadian police force, <laughs> so
1: that would blow minds. That would, yeah, that, would that would be. Surprising. I think that would probably be that the bigger be earthquake surprising. of the two. Yeah. So, what's your favorite song on the on the album? Would it be? That's uh, a day in the life. Day, day in the life is yeah. the best
0: track on the album. Um, but yeah. without getting, I think that's kind of trite to say that because it mm-hmm. really is just pretty pretty dominant. I just, didn't, I think they're all just fun. I let these lovely Rita like mm-hmm. all of them that just kind of bounce along. Within or without you brings it
1: down a little. <laughs> I but I think that there's actually the one that brings it down is
2: she's. But that's a good
1: song. It's a good song, but God, it's just a See, downer. but it's
0: kind of like I think that they do this, and I think somebody told them at some point that they were really good, and it might have actually been after this, mm-hmm. but they write their songs, and I don't actually think there's much of a concept running through this album. I, I think the idea uh, of a concept album is it's, a little. It stretches. It's not like it, The it Who or something yeah. like that. you know. So um, somebody told them that the way they write is like the way musicals are done. You know, it's just like one melody and they're all kind of like a little story and Mm -hmm. they're just all, they all stand independently and Mm -hmm. they shift styles and things like that. Mm -hmm. And the medley at the end of Abbey Road, it's Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite things to listen to. I just play that over and over again because it's, I think the songs are better in that medley, but that's kind of the same thing that's going on here. And obviously White Album kind of feels that way. Mm -hmm. The first disc, the second one is frankly a little too experimental for me. Mm -hmm. I don't really listen to the second (laughs) half of the White Album very often, Um, but um yeah, I think they just sound like, like She's Leaving Home just sounds like some part of a musical. It's just like some story out of right. nowhere. Yeah, uh, maybe. In there. But getting better is good. Do you remember the Magnavox commercials? Yeah. They would play getting that, and they'd say, the they say, you know, it's getting better all the time." Yeah. But they, they would stop right before John Lennon comes in, going, "Can't, Can't get no worse." worse. Yeah. You know, was, I would always think that. I'm like, and they never
1: include the part where I used to beat my woman. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they left that. part <laughs> oh, He's out. like, I used to be mean to I my woman. I used to woman. be mean to my. I used, woman. used to beat yep. her, and keep her from things that she loves
0: yep. or whatever yep. holds yep. dear. Or yep. something. Man, I was mean. <laughs> Man, it we're was just mean. gonna sing by the but way I'm for the rest
1: of the day. Doing yeah, the
0: best. see what I mean? Like you can't stop singing yeah, them. That's how. Tough. That's how the uh, There are the funny little
1: lines are. in there. Like uh, when I'm 64, uh-huh. when he says uh, we'll buy a pl- we'll get a place on the Isle of Wight if it's not too if it's dear. if it's not yeah. too dear, which means it was not too expensive.
0: Right. You yes. Know. Yes. I, that's a translation from the I British. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? So this was a candidate for biggest surprise. I didn't go with it, but yeah. I thought my whole life that the summer of love was 1969. <laughs> I thought it was a dirty joke. And I oh. thought everybody just thought it was hilarious and yeah. it was the year nineteen sixty nine. Oh. I was when I saw this I was like, Wait, so
1: you thought Brian he thought Adams was singing about it this whole time?
0: I totally thought Brian Adams was <laughs> talking about it. Well he's yeah, that's see. But I thought that was the summer of love. Right. I had no idea that it was sixty-seven. So that really did surprise that me. That was a upon busy this.
1: decade because he had the summer of love, mm-hmm. and then he had the long hot summer the following well, when's year. When's
0: Woodstock? Is Woodstock 69. See, that was 69. see. That's what I thought was the summer of love. Okay, so sixty-eight,
1: so. you had the riots. I need to be hit
0: again with a brandy yeah. Alexander.
1: Uh, so sixty-nine, you had the or sixty-eight, you had the riots like Chicago and
0: R- well, well uh, after Martin Luther King got <clears>
1: right. <throat> so that was a long hot summer, and then um,
0: yeah, my dad talked about that. That was. Uh, that was a big deal in DC cuz they still lived in the Imagine city so. at that time yeah. and my de- my granddad was a cop and that was a so you want to hear so you didn't like the OPP <laughs> joke you want to hear another one okay. this is kind of just an observation i made so i went to wendy's one day okay and there's big poster on the wall outside of wendy's okay Strawberry Fields, like it was a salad they had, and it said Strawberry Fields, and underneath it said Limited Time Only. <laughs> <laughs> was
1: like, that is a good joke. I took
0: a picture of it, I yeah. put it on Facebook, and like nobody laughed. Nobody I was got like, it. What, hey, come on, <laughs> they just didn't look at it. But
1: it's I mean, just, things change, it's yeah. not forever anymore. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe it's inflation. Maybe. Infl- yeah, right, Limited so Time So did home, you yeah, look exactly. up what Strawberry Fields was? No. So Strawberry Fields was a Salvation Army children's home okay. near where Leningrad, or John Leningrad. Oh, okay. And he used to play in their... Um, in their like their woods and their and their fields, okay, you know in the, huh. the gardens basically. Yeah, supposedly um,
0: there's a lot about their childhood in this uh, yeah. this album.
1: Yeah, and uh, so that's what Strawberry Fields was, and, and so it was a place where he'd go as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, he grew up in you know he grew up really poor, really kind of a terrible situation. His dad split when he was when he was a baby, and and mm. just kind of left the family. I think he rarely saw him. Okay. If I remember correctly. We he was did like, see him, though. Well, I think he was like a performer on, a on like, cruise ships or something weird like that, if I remember correctly. It's
0: kind of sounds like yeah. it'd be a good gig. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if well, i like it. I mean,
1: but, you know, his kids never saw him, and he never—I mean, they grew up really Again, bored. it kind of sounds like it would be a good gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. well, yeah,
0: I got you. I love my children. Hi, children.
1: Oh, Lucy in the Sky with Lucy Diamond. Lucy in the Sky right?
0: with Diamond. So we can have an argument about Puff the Magic Dragon, right? Okay. We can be we? like some people could say it's some just a story say. about a dragon and a little right. boy, you know. But right. Lucy in the sky with diamonds—I don't see another take there. Those three words don't come together. Well, you
1: know what? Suppo- what he said.
0: I know, but that's BS. Like, so he said what? He said there's just a drawing that his kid did, and yeah. I'm
1: like, and he asked, "What, what is the drawing?" It's well, it's Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Come on, <laughs> come right.
0: on, man! Paul was doing so much acid during the me- creation of this album. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't buy it. I think it's obviously a yeah. drug reference. It's the why would they?
1: Why would they deny it though? Because I mean, they they other than it Mother's
0: it. Little Helper, it's probably oh, that's an anti-drug message, I guess.
1: Uh, I think that's just an observational.
0: No, because she dies at the end of it. So no, I think he says if you
1: take any more, you you you, or if you if you if you have an overdose, you can't take any more. That's what he says. He doesn't say that she does.
0: Yeah, Should they say if yeah. then
1: then he says she took four more, but he doesn't say that she OD'd. I think it's more of an observation of the time. What drug is that? Arbituates, I think. Is yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah, okay. If you ever All seen, if right. ma- you ever seen Mad Men, sure, and that's sure, sure, what sure, that's sure. what his wife does. Like she's taking uppers and downers, and everybody's taking uppers and downers in that in the sixties. I think, like I said, it was just more of an observational thing from the yeah. Rolling Stones. But
0: yeah, I guess so. I guess it's not an anti-drug, but you could you could uh, spin it that way.
1: I think that's the last band you know? to do an anti-drug, an anti-drug message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> message.
0: Yeah. Did you know it was the first uh, pop album that didn't have. Like the gaps you know how like yeah, usually, usually yeah. they'd like they play out play the song the other, quiet right. and then the next one starts right. it's the first album not to do that which sounds to me you know like it's just yeah there's lots of albums that do that not a big deal but that's kind of huge that, yeah, well, that it was, alone it was the first an, one right as an innovation is kind well i
1: went from there i went to uh, pink floyd like the wall which is all connected right it's just one after the other yeah you know, one runs in they're all what's the time difference song? between those? Gosh, uh, the wall had to have been late '60s, early '70s, seventy-one, seventy-two, maybe. Okay, so maybe. not
0: too far off.
1: I don't think so, but I think, yep, you know, this was their concept. I mean, they they showed that you can do this. Probably, I'm sure Waters and all the rest of them mm-hmm. got it from from them. You know. Yep. Um, you said you mentioned the Who. I mean, Tommy, you know, where it's a story. I'm a total yeah, but concept. it actually is a story. But yeah. but it started. This was a concept. Sergeant Pepper was a concept, and actually, the Magical Mystery Tour was supposed to be a concept as well. He had he had. McCartney wanted them to get, like, an old bus uh-huh. and get, like, it all hippified. And actually drive And actually around. do a magical mystery tour. And the rest of the Beatles were like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. You
0: know, that's one of the things. So what do you prefer? If you had to pick between the two, would you pick early or late Beatles? Let's say you have to use Revolver oh. as the middle ground, and you're like, what do I get to keep, everything up to Revolver well, or everything I think of from Sgt. Pepper? The problem
1: is with the early, you've got the early silly, you know. I want to hold your hand. Like all all that. That's a banger. That's a banger. They're fun songs, but they're they're just so bubble pop. It's true. Bubble gum pop. You know, all the little girls, you know, getting happy and fainting and stuff like that. But then they they do transition slowly to more uh, sophisticated songs.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Until by the end. And that's the thing. Although I have
0: to say, you know what? I'm going to push back a little on that because I can play I Want to Hold Your Hand Mm -hmm. for my five-year-old in 2021. Mm -hmm. And she's... Right away. Well, that's
1: a good point. That's though. a
0: musical sophistication in a way, right? It's like no. to be able to reach across the decades and still hit a kid right away the first time they hear it. I think
1: that that and I think, it
0: wasn't before I, that. I think that should it strengthen, was a new kind of music.
1: But I think that should strengthen my argument because you can also sing, you know, I'm a gummy bear. To your five-year-old. And That's, true. She, and That's true. That's true. She would like that. But there's
0: a, but there's a combination of a simplicity and also like a – it's like a lasting. Well,
1: it has a know? good melody. It has a good yeah. tune. I mean I'm not, I'm not denying that. But I'm it just was saying, also – I'm time, just saying that – But you know, at
0: the time, super innovative, right? Like nobody had heard anything like that, like quite like that in 1962 well, or with, whatever it was. With, with the song.
1: Beatles, it was, it was a combination of things. It was their look. Nobody right. had, had ever looked like that because they had mop tops. You know, they they were like cutting edge. We don't think of their, their yeah. the early Beatles. Those, those
0: haircuts are actually revolutionary. Yeah, at the we time. don't think they of seem, them. They seem like the conservative right. version of the exactly. Beatles. exactly. Right. But yeah.
1: but my mom always tells me about her dad saying like in nineteen you know fifty eight or sixty or whenever they came out, mm-hmm. going, look at those, look at that the hair. You know, yeah, need yeah. Need to yeah. cut that hair. Blah blah blah. because the alternative was Johnny Cash. You
0: know. Sure. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. <coughs> so, there were. Ta- uh, there's a bit where they're talking about how when the, when the album came out. And people saw them again after not seeing them for some time. Mm-hmm. And they had beards and mm-hmm. mustaches and long hair. Yeah. And everybody was just, like, shocked. I went to a party this weekend with some people I hadn't seen since, like, before COVID. And, and like, I saw walked you. out and I have a beard yeah. and, and, like, a <laughs> and mustache and, like, long yeah. hair. And then people were just kind of, like, did, like, a double take at me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like John Lennon, yeah, like, emerging from right. his cave, you know. Were you barefoot? Uh, I was wearing sandals. Uh, well, Actually, we well, were at the pool. I might have been barefoot. I don't remember, but it's possible.
1: Don't they? Abbey Road, they're, like, really like long hair. Oh yeah, else. yeah. this one isn't bad. I no, mean, this, this is, is like
0: this is just kind of basic. I, you know what? Honestly, I'm looking at him again. They didn't even really have long hair; it's just the mustache. Yeah, it's a mustache.
1: It's facial hair, I guess. Uh, sideburns. Nobody you know. has a beard. Sideburns, right? And They've mustaches. got
0: sideburns that, that in Ringo's case, at least, kind of border on being mutton chops. Yeah, maybe. That's a, Those are pretty serious sideburns. Those yeah. are sideburns I can't do. I don't know about <laughs> you as a blonde man, but I, think, I cannot I think throw Ringo's mutton a, chops like that. A
1: particularly hairy person. He just kind of looks like he has a really hairy back.
0: Could be more good things he's got one of the great schnozzes in music history that's for sure
1: that was a surprise for me i didn't realize that it was him that's
0: that's my big surprise you're ruining my big surprise sorry all right fine i'll do it now since you're making me do it now we're
1: 45 minutes but my
0: big surprise my biggest surprise of the album and this is i had it's hard to come up with because i've heard the album a hundred times but i was reading about the about the album and i couldn't believe it's ringo singing with a little help from my friends yeah I never gave it much thought. It sounds like Ringo. Yeah. I can hear it, but... But you just never that thought That shocked of it. me. I was he, like...
1: he's not a singer.
0: I mean, that's the first guy that sings on the album is Ringo. Yeah. You op- they open up the album. It's just, well, there's the... Billy You know, there's yeah, a little bit is. of that. Well, there's
1: there's Paul... Um, yeah, it was 20 years ago today. Sgt Pepper. He, that's true. So, that's true. That's true. And then, true. And then, yeah. then L- Lennon after that right. sings, it's such a lovely audience. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, that's, then, and yeah. then Billy shares and then... And then it's, yeah. what would you do? And it sounds yeah, like Ringo. It sounds like I him can after, hear that after you figure out that I Absolutely, team. absolutely. Before that, it's just a
0: big That's my biggest surprise of, of That's the, a good surprise, because uh, that, uh, was, that, was uh, that was
1: going to be my big, su- biggest surprise. Oh, I took it. No, no. Okay. Until I found All another right. biggest surprise. All right.
0: Well, well, I guess we're doing it now. So what okay. was it?
1: Well, I looked up a line from Penny Lane, and I'm going to count Penny Lane as part of uh, it's it's one of the, the choruses. Penny Lane is in my ears and my eyes. Full Before of fish and finger and pies, pies in summer, in summer meanwhile, meanwhile
0: back. back. Right. Okay. We're going to cut that, by the way.
1: Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, dear listener, I, I am not going to tell you what that means. I want you to go Google it yourself. But it was shocking. Oh. <laughs> I, it's it's slang for a sexual act. I mean, what could a finger pie? I, mean,
0: I don't think we need to get into okay. this more than we already have. <laughs> All right.
1: But. Okay, yeah. so anyway, suffice it to say, that was that was my biggest surprise. I was like, and I was thinking, like, and that was just that was the only thing I looked, the only lyric I looked up because I was like, huh, I wonder what that means. Yeah, well, um,
0: if you if you tried to look up the lyrics to like I am the walrus, I think you'd lo- lose your mind. Right, it's like, a of fishwife <laughs> pornographic priest. What are you even talking <laughs> right, about? Right, you know, I don't. Yeah. kind of like uh, smells like Teen Spirit. I don't think it does mean anything. Yeah, maybe not.
1: I think but, Teen Spirit means something. But in any case. That, so that was my biggest you surprise. Do? You
0: think there's meaning to that song?
1: Uh, smells like Teen Spirit? Yeah. I think so. Oh, Yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. And we, we can get into that maybe. What about Yellow
0: Lead Better? Remember Yellow Lead Better, the Pearl Jam song? I don't even think those, there was words there. <laughs> I think it's just I don't think that's what it,
1: Yeah, I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> I think
0: that's just nonsense. I think we should,
1: there's we a lot keep, of
0: singing on this got, album. We got to keep this in. All right. We'll see. All right. We'll
1: see. This um, album. I just yes, refer yeah. to it
0: as an album now. Yeah. Apparently, we're changing media.
1: Well, we are on, I mean, Apple iTunes, we're on Spotify. We're, we're, we're on we're, Audible now. Do you, you know we're on Audible? Yeah, Karina,
0: my, my wife, is listening to the podcast now because she has Audible. Fantastic. Apparently supporting her husband and his artistic endeavors and creative creative scholarship. Works as long as it's on works Audible. Works as long as she doesn't have to download an app she doesn't that's already fantastic. have. fantastic. Yeah, so now good she's listening on Audible. Uh,
1: anyway, so that was my biggest surprise. Okay, that's literature. a good one. And actually, I, I after that, I was...
0: The unspeakably... I was like, what the w- unspeakably ha- <laughs> dirty lyrics? Yes, to Penny Lane. That, All right, that, I mean, it's such a we, we sweet Americans, little song. We know?
1: Americans have no idea about. But I was right. like, what else did they hide in there? You know, that that's actually what it got me thinking. And and, and I don't, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life, which I'm sure there are people out there that are scholars in. In like oh, Beatles lyrics, you heard about right? the
0: whole Paul is dead. Yeah, yeah. i mean stuff. there were people that dedicated, yeah. you know, tons of their time. But I'm one not, of my you know. uh, one of my friends' dads wrote like a thesis in in university, like about right. the Paul is dead, uh like the whole
1: conspiracy. A thesis in university? Yeah. Are you turning English? Just because? Oh yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Actually, it was, the he was up at, was at uni.
1: That's the other thing I was going to mention. That's what
0: all my Australian family calls it. They say I, they're going to uni.
1: <laughs> the Beatles are, I think, the only band in the entire world uh-huh. from England. That sounds English when they sing.
0: They do. They do. They do. I,
1: what would you do if I'm I sang lying Well, do, well they, have those, right?
0: they have those northern
1: accents. Yeah, Liverpool you know? accents. But, I mean, you get like the, the Rolling Stones are like. I said, hey. How are you, you doing tonight, Las Vegas? I can't
0: get no. Yeah, they definitely yeah. <laughs> you know? Have you ever seen the movie The Commitments? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Where they're like, you know, it's not Roy, Sally, Roy. <laughs> Roy is ride, ride, Sally Roy. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Like that. So I think a lot of people learn to sing in the, right. You know the vernacular. But the Beatles, I
1: like, mean, just listen to them, and they, as they sing, they they. I sound remember my weird.
0: grandmother. So I was driving in. The, I was riding in the car with my grandmother one time. You're roiding. I was roiding the car. No, <laughs> right. so it's you're messing me up. I can't talk. <laughs> Sorry. I was riding in the car with my grandmother, and they played this song. Uh, Back in the High Life by Steve Winwood, mm-hmm. which is like I always kind of like that song, but it's not a particularly hard or cool song or thing. Right. And my grandmother, just out of nowhere, she's like, "I just can't stand it when they sing like they're black." Oh, jeez. And I was like, "What is black about <laughs> <it's> Steve Winwood? <laughs> right. He's Australian. Right. It's like not, I think yeah. he's Australian, but it's just like, what are you talking about?" What but would she say to Christopher to me, Cross? But I think it's to me. I think there is a certain extent to which people were imitating the sounds of African Americans in early rock and roll. And so it carried on through rock mm-hmm. to the point where I'm so used to it, I can't yeah. even hear it. That Of course you say rad in, in a rock song. Yeah. You, don't, you wouldn't Maybe. say even Maybe pronounce so, it the yeah. way I pronounce it, you know, in, so. in regular speech. But I can't even hear it anymore because it's just yeah. this is the music that I've always been around. But my grandmother, born in 1920, yeah, heard the transition and was like yeah, – that's, that's a really and good also, point. And I'm, also was enough of a, like, mean person to be offended yeah. by it. Obviously. I mean,
1: I mean, Little Richard, you know, Chuck Berry – uh-huh. Those uh-huh. guys are yeah. Those are the people everybody. That started it yeah, they Those are the people that started it Now but, uh,
0: they, there's been A whole bunch of Musical scholarship That says that the Actual roots of the music Are definitely within Country and mm-hmm. like Western and, and not, I think they're not all Western They're
1: all over I the, think.
0: the sort of Appalachian Yeah like Scottish you know, Sounds uh, is, is yeah, yeah. what gave Birth mm-hmm. to rock and roll But the first performers Who mm-hmm. really did it And made it right. what it, what it is Were definitely African Well there's also I think know? there's
1: also Like slave music You know I um, think well It's kind of like The R&B you know, roots Chain gang music Stuff like that um, that Black Betty Goa, uh, you should, uh, you know that song that, whoa, Black Betty. Ram, ram. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of great memes about that. Goa, uh,
1: yeah, that's actually, that's actually a Chain Gang song. Um, really? Yeah, in the 20s and 30s, it sounds totally different, so you can find it though if you. Okay, so we are. So we
0: did our biggest surprises. I did our biggest surprises. Um, who's ever. your favorite Beatle?
1: I think it's George Harrison. Oh, okay. I mean,
0: um, it's kind of a hipster choice.
1: He, uh, Well, I mean, he's the quiet one, right? But he's also a musical genius. Uh, that if he, if I he think lo- he was
0: the best instrumentalist of the band. Best guitarist, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. You know, it was funny. Um, that's why McCartney is like, okay, well, I guess I'm the bassist. Because, yeah. you know, they, they met him. He and, and John were both guitar players. And then they met George Harrison, who was much younger than them, by like three or four years. He okay, was, he was which quite is a big young. deal when yeah. you're 22. You know. Well, no, I think they were all in like our version of high school at the time. And Harrison, I think, might have been, like, below that. And uh, Lennon and McCartney, you know, they both wanted to play the guitar. They both had, like, the six-string guitar. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they met Harrison. You know, they wanted to to form a band, and somebody's like, hey, I've got this. I I know this guy's really good good on guitar. And they're like, oh, okay, well. McCartney's like, well, I'm a guitarist, too. (laughs) but, But let's see what he's got. And he starts playing, and he's like, Okay, we need a bassist. <laughs> <We> need a <laughs> I'll basis. be the bassist, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. what
0: the interview that I saw was very recent that was mm-hmm. done with him uh, somebody was asking about his guitar playing and he was just like I'm really not much of a guitar <laughs> player. I think I think it like put him in his place when he was young just yeah. growing up with George Harrison. The thing you know?
1: is, um, I mean, he could play piano, you know, he can he can oh, play yeah. pretty can much play any instrument, stuff. but he But he didn't.
0: George Harrison was able to go and pick up all these Indian instruments. Yeah. And stuff. He must have been yeah. just like Well, he could
1: do he could I mean, one of his best friends was um oh god. Robbie Shankar? No. Oh. Uh, his wife Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Yeah. thank you. I mean, his best one of his best friends is Eric Clapton. and they, they were both friends with Pete Townsend. I mean, all the like the real guitarists mm-hmm. kind of all flocked together. Sure. Um, another reason I like him is did you know that he he's the one that funded Monty Python's search for the Holy Grail? Really? He mortgaged his house because he was a good friend with John Cleese uh-huh. and uh, and he knew all the all the the players in Monty Python and mm-hmm. they wanted to make this movie. And Harrison's like, hey, let me read it. And he had a house in Malibu at the time okay. he was living in Malibu. He read it. He's like, I love it.
0: So when you say mortgaged his house, he mortgaged one of his <laughs> one houses. <laughs> one okay. of his houses. It's a little bit less. But of he a leap put of up faith, like
1: it was like a million dollars or something. Oh, okay. And So he yeah. he got the cash together and he financed. That's pretty cool. It's so a good it movie. If it weren't for, for George Harrison, we wouldn't have... It's a good movie. If you know anybody that does Holy a Girl.
0: podcast where they sometimes watch movies and talk about them, you should recommend that they do Monty Python on the Holy Someday. God. Maybe Someday. they will. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll they will. pass that along. To or maybe we'll
1: do one of the more obscure ones. Do like such things.
0: Ooh, that'd be that'd be interesting.
1: Meaning of Life or uh, Life of Brian. Life maybe. of Brian. Yeah. yeah. Life of
0: Brian is awfully funny in a couple yeah, of places. <laughs> it really it's pretty good. Um, So, <laughs> I mean, about, are we... Well, well, how about
1: you? Who's your favorite?
0: Oh, my favorite Beatles, Paul. Paul. But I there's a case for... Actually, all four of them. Yeah, all four of them. Because I think Ringo is the most fun. Uh, like when you watch the movies and you just see them talk and stuff like that, and like he just kind of seemed to be having a good time. Yeah, he still today, yeah. seems like he's having a good time. He he is an neat and story, and that's kind of what I like about the Beatles he versus he the Rolling story. Stones. Yeah. I'm, I think that's why I kind of, I, you know, life's hard enough. I don't need yeah. to. I don't need to, You, you know, don't need the sulking brooding. Yeah, I don't need the brooding that, guys you know? yeah. like I, I,
1: it's just Well, they were goofballs. That's what everybody loved about them. Like, yeah. you know, you see yeah. Hard Day's Night. When they do that, you know, like the the, the fast motion videos, mm-hmm. and they're all being goofy and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, it's fun. They
0: were right? talking about the optimism uh, reflected in this album. Uh, some of those things, some of the things that I read, you, like, yeah, that's a good which point. is not something that would come across to me. I yeah. would have never said, "Oh, the '60s were a time of great optimism." Right? There's all these problems going on yeah. and stuff like that. But there's also, and I think it's just a natural progression of how old the boomers were just this surge of confidence and strength, you know, when you get to be like an adult. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of reflected in this, because what did you yeah. say, they're 25, 26 yeah. years old? Yeah, I think McCartney was 25. Um, and it's just a, a big generation. That must have been a big moment for them, I think, because of well, that. Well, I mean, the summer of and love. And the Beatles would be the ones to represent the optimism. Yeah. It wouldn't be the Stones. No, and gosh, it wouldn't no. be, you know.
1: The Stones have really represented a movement. You know, they, 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 were, they were rockers, but they were, they Like I said, I
0: think they're kind of the beginning of punk.
1: They always kind of I mean, go, followed, and they the, kind of Hulu, followed and the Beatles, you right. know, in a way. In they're, a lot of ways. They're, they're, but they're different. They're you edgier,
0: you know. Although, I'm, you know what? I think a lot of things I'm thinking of were in the 70s. Yeah. Like Jumpin' Jack, Flash right. kind of stuff. I think right. that's mostly. When's Paint Paint Black's is 60s 60s, yeah. 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 They're a little dark.
1: A lot of it was dark. I mean, Mother's a Little Helper is a pretty dark song. Sure. Um, There's, what's the one? 19th Nervous Breakdown or 16th Nervous Breakdown? for the Devil. Sympathy for the Devil, and Stuff right? like that. There's a lot of... Is lot it of 19th Nervous
0: Breakdown. Here comes your 19th... Yeah, yeah, so. it's yeah. Nervous Breakdown. Yeah. Um, Sounds
1: right. I mean, they, they, yeah, they have a lot of really kind of good songs, man. Really good songs, but a little bit dark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I
0: like them. I like them. I mean, yeah. definitely. I just don't... They're not as iconic to me as the sure, Beatles. Sure. The Beatles are like the band. I associate right. with my dad. I love them yeah. on my own. They're just mm-hmm. kind of important to me in a way. And I think you're
1: right. I think you. I think, like, it would be tough to do in the life for your five-year-old but their, yes, kid, their catalog has
0: but i can play rocky about, raccoon yes. and half of the white album well, that's a good kids. point there's a whole and i could play for the benefit rocky of mr raccoon. kite you know play lovely yeah, made. Yeah. i could play those songs for the kids and they'd hear them and they'd snap yeah. along right away
1: you know yeah. just the same but way you they can do. sing a lot of the the you know older simpler stuff for them sure. as well yeah you know? yeah
0: even on those early albums though there's uh what is the song that starts out with a note of feedback it's um i feel fine i think mm. which is in a much earlier album i can't remember which album but it's the first time oh, yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. ever did that yeah, thinking, used a yeah. note of feedback as yeah. part of the album and i'm like really yeah how could that be the first time and john lennon himself was like i you might be able to find it on some blues album that i don't know about but as far as i know this is the first time anybody did that in a rock and roll song and mm. i think it's been it's been established that that's correct. Um, yeah, probably Which is just a yeah. crazy Tiny little innovation Yeah You can't have anything We grew up listening to Right Without feedback Yeah And just that one contribution To musical history Yeah It's that stuff that they're, they're like Genuinely coming up With new stuff right. They're Innovative But also Play it for a child And the child likes yeah. it right away That's what I like about and it it's just not,
1: not to Not to To pee on your point Or poop on your point Is it Is it Because They're At a time When nothing had been done before
0: You mean children no, no, oh. no, the Beatles. Well, sure, sure, I mean, sure, sure, Because that, sure. That's got to contribute a little bit, There's probably a right? kid out there today who has the genius to come up with that as well and doesn't have the chance because he's later right. on. It's like we were saying about the early rap, you know? Yeah. Although, actually, uh, my opinion of early rap, uh-huh. like 80s. Like
1: Blondie's? Blondie's Yes, Yes. Not
0: <laughs> that, but like the guys kind of sounded like that. She's... Yeah. It sounds crazy now for her to call that <laughs> rapping, but when you listen to what like so what the other guys are doing yeah. at the time, like the fat boys and stuff, it's yeah. just
1: it's terrible.
0: You know? Nobody yeah. goes back and listens to that. It sounds right. like crap. It hit its stride, I think, about 89, 90, where yeah. it really started to take anyway. No. but um, And that was early on, so there was a lot of contributions you could make right. uh, and be recognized as, sure. as a genius, whereas I think by now, at a mature art form, it's kind of hard to be recognized for genius. You know? It is, so. un-
1: unless you change it completely. You know, that's what what artists do, right? Picasso, I could be a master or I could be, I could do something new. So I doubt
0: this is an original theory, but it's not one that I read from somebody else. I think you have to have a technological change to get a legitimate change. Okay. In something like music. interesting. I think that uh, you don't get the impressionist if people didn't just invent fo- photography. Mm. And suddenly somebody was like, well, what we, we, we don't have to paint yeah. an accurate right. representation of the world. We're going to do something different. I think That's technology changes. And you need a genius. You yeah. need, who's the first guy? I, I think it's, I don't know, Manet, I think. Monet. Manet, I Manet. think, is the first one. But, like, um, I think it's the same with music. You can't have a note of feedback if you're not losing using an electric guitar, obviously. True. So no, it's like true. you can't yeah. be the genius with that until that's been invented. Yeah, and when something point. new is invented, it's a field for people to create new things. So geniuses can go play for a little while and yeah. make something new. It's hard when you just have all the same Standing technology. Standing
1: on the shoulders of giants, yeah, basically. In a way, yeah. but also but also, just the, ma- the right. materials,
0: the new things. Right. The scientists bring you something, and you're like, oh, electronic Synthesizers. You know. Well, there was
1: actually – there's a – Moby, C- Moby couldn't have worked right. in 1920. Well, know. Strawberry Fields, he uses a new technology. I can't remember what it was called, but, you know, if you listen to it, it has those kind of weird notes. At Strawberry the Fields? Yeah, it has like weird synthesizer sound notes. Okay. And it's a particular type of, in, of electrical instrument that um, yeah. John had just bought. Okay. And so he started playing around with it. Right, so it was brand new. You're right; it's a new technology. Terminology they're talking.
0: So there's the Wikipedia article. Yeah. Yeah the music theory stuff they're talking yeah, about with this album <laughs> is <crazy>. completely over <laughs> yeah. my head I've no yeah. idea they're talking about I skip the, the, the terms they use for it and stuff they're like and this yeah. song's in the Mixolydian mode and I'm yeah. like are you kidding like me? Like these different
1: tempos what? and like these shifts in, in tempos that they use You could say kind?
0: any of that stuff to me and I'd just be like well you well, must okay. be a genius because yeah. I don't understand it so uh,
1: but anyway <laughs> Just take your word for it All right. So
0: I think we're at the time now You're at the time And I think we've given it away I don't think we're going to surprise Well, It's your call It's my call And the way I've been talking about it I think it sounds like I am the one that chose. I <laughs> thing is a classic because, I mean, the Beatles are, I grew up on them. There's Iconic. No way. Absolutely. If we'd chosen one of their early albums that I don't like that much, right. maybe even Magical Mystery Tour, maybe yeah. I would have voted against it. Maybe, um, you know, one of those. But I, this one, this is a classic. The whole point is to,
1: to take something that everybody else calls a classic and say, okay, do we think it's a classic? Yeah, pretty so. much. And, no. I mean, I,
0: I don't think you can vote against this. I mean, one guy, one guy, did you read the quote where the guy said, this album is the closest Western civilization has come to unity since the Congress of yeah, Vienna. I saw that. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I would, I would, I would not toast right. that statement. But I think that just the fact that people are saying things like that about it, I cannot imagine an album in 2021 having this kind of impact. No, because we don't we don't listen to albums right. for one thing. Right. It's not the way people consume music. Yeah. Um, well, we could
1: we could go on and on. I mean, I was thinking about like just as bands, they don't evolve like this. People don't accept evolution like this. They want to hear the same stuff. I mean, Metallica is a great band, but you can't tell me that they've really evolved, you know, so that they've changed. They started at point A and there now they're some artists. point There's some
0: artists out there who've evolved in but modern, in fairly recent memory. Now, I don't know about in the last 10 or 15 years.
1: I don't think on the scale of the Beatles, if you look at their- if But like you Madonna,
0: Madonna went through a very similar progression. She yeah, went from but, like but very just, corny pop songs, and she got a lot more serious, and then she transitioned into like you know electronica and right. dance and stuff. But she, she just doesn't. But I
1: don't know. She. Th- I guess what I'm saying is people but that that's are thirty years ago, people man, that are, are, so. are considered, you know, on the same plateau that the Beatles are. So,
0: well, I'd say Madonna's on this. I should think. You don't think Madonna's on the? Michael Jackson went through an evolution. He nobody knew he was a pedophile, just, and then he everybody he he just, no, he just
1: uh, compared Madonna to the Beatles. Said yeah, there on the same. That's fair.
0: I don't okay. know about saying that, wow. but in terms of the cultural impact, I uh-huh. think that's fair. <laughs> I
1: think that's a fair <laughs> no. statement. No. Madonna was We will uh, agree whatever. to disagree on that one. All right. Yeah. So what's your answer?
0: Uh, my answer is that we're definitely toasting this classic. All right. Well, in, 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 in as much as it is up to me, we are toasting this classic. Next time, I'll bring more Brandy Alexander. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers.
1: And thank you very much for joining us uh, on this episode of Toasting the Classics.
0: Next episode, we're going to be talking about Madonna <laughs> constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. But, uh, and, and singing it, too.
1: Okay, Alex, go to your room. Yeah. Anyway, Um. all right. Well, thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. Wait, what are we doing next time?
0: Oh, right, yeah. Next time we're going to be talking about the Fahrenheit. Ray Bradbury's yeah, uh, dystopian classic, Fahrenheit 451.
1: Very good. All right.
0: And I will let you know what we're drinking in the outro.
1: Very cool. All right, thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye. Bye.
0: That's it for episode 23 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, you'll need amaretto, beer, and some overly-proofed flammable beverage for next week. You'll also need fire, because we're drinking Flaming Dr. Pepper while talking about the 1953 dystopian novel Fahrenheit 451. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know your favorite beetle. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @attractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics.